0: Our guest today is a musician. He is one Matt Berry. Matt has been playing music professionally since 2006 and has played with many original bands, playing guitar, playing bass, and uh, supplying vocals. In uh, various outfits such as Orange Line, Side Effects, Derek Avery and his band Misanthropes, Rites of Ash... Devin Nichols, and many more, and cover bands like Judo Chop, The Fuzz, Honey Extractor, Delta Spur, Voices of Service, and Rue Smith. His main passion, though, is an original project that he's been around in since 2004, and that band is called Classified Frequency. They've released three EPs played with a ton of bands like the Chin Blossoms, Martina McBride, Cowboy Mouth, Carlton, Telegraph, Black Dog Prowl, The Last Year, and many, many more. Their third EP, called The Black Eye, which was released in 2018, was nominated for six Whammy Awards. Whammies are the Washington Area Music Awards. And in 2020, they released their take on the DuckTales theme song, And in February of 2021, they are planning to release their next single called Cut the Trachea. Their longtime mixing engineer who has mixed almost everything they've done, his name is Jamie Wolford from Surprise, The Stereo. And we're going to be talking about The Stereo this evening. But lastly, his second passion project, which is four-fifths of classified frequency, is in a Cure tribute band called The Gathering Gloom, which released a promo video in 2020 and is ready to hit theaters when the pandemic is over. That was also mixed by Jamie. For our conversation today, I just alluded to this a second ago, we are going to be discussing the stereo and their last studio album, Rewind and Record. Which was released on Fueled by Ramen back in 2002. So, without further ado, Matt, thanks for being here today. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. What inspired you to choose this particular offering from the Stereo?
1: Yeah, it's a um, you know, this the Stereo was a band that just kind of changed my life, and but so many ideas that I had about music changed with this band. And, and also as, as we, we talked about a little earlier is it's a band that not a lot of people know about, but was probably way more influential on some of people's favorite bands that came out in the mid two thousands than people know about. There's
0: a lot of representation of different genres on here. There are elements of pop punk you have some jazz influence um there's just kind of like just a little variety for everybody um can you tell our listeners who the players are on the record we've alluded to jamie um you know who's part of the project
1: um this record was very much jamie was usually uh, i would say like 80 to 90 percent of everything (laughs) he did a lot of it um i know that they had On bass, uh, Chris Serafini played on all of them. Um, Drums was uh, Bruce Joshua Woulet, I think. They just called him BJ. Um, They had a couple people on guitars. uh, Kevin Scanlon, Thomas Laufenberg, and Ben Wolford. A couple additional background vocals, Dan Hargis and Katie Ryman. But yeah, the main band, I think, was Jamie, Chris Serafini, and BJ.
0: Can you describe for our listeners, Matt, kind of exactly where you were when you first heard this particular record or when you first heard the stereo in general? Is this a band that you've kind of followed, you know, their entire career from the late 90s up through uh, when they decided to
1: to hang up their
0: spurs for a little bit?
1: Right. Um, amazingly enough, I got into them after Rewind and Record was done. I got to see them twice during that tour that they did. Um, but uh, amazingly enough, it was my brother, my brother's four years older than me. And so, you know, when you have an older brother who's into music, you're, he's always giving you stuff that you, you know, (laughs) that you're just like, (laughs) whoa, what is that? You know? (laughs) And, um, I remember my brother was really, he got me into so many bands that I had never knew about. He got me into The Cure. He got me into Oasis. He got me into the stereo he got me into super drag he got me into all these bands he got me into cheap trick and um i remember he gave me a burn cd he said hey there's this band i think you would like them because i was always kind of a pop rock power pop kind of guy and uh and he gave me a burn cd of everything that they had released and I was just like, "This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> wow yeah. that's, a, was, that's a nice brother. <laughs> yeah. and I was in and I was in college. I was probably a freshman I was definitely um freshman sophomore in college. so you
0: you have all of this music from the stereo. Where does Rewind Plus Record fit into their overall catalog? And kind of a sub question here. Since you have all of this music at their fingertips, wh- you know if you happen to listen to them, say in chronological order, for example, um, do you think that this offering from the group is kind of a continuum of what they had been uh, working on, or do you think that this is just a, a drastic departure and this is something that you know listeners should really pay attention to when they uh, get hip to the stereo?
1: The this record was their third, and it was their final. Um, at the time and uh, it's very it's similar in the overall I guess the songwriting and the overall like um, you know uh, song just the the sonic scape of what it is that power pop pop rock arena rock whatever you want to call it (laughs) Mm. yeah um, what's what I think is different about this record than the other two. Where the other two were much more that kind of, um, more thicker mid-rangey guitar sound, a little bit more punkier, I would say. Um, obviously, like they were on Fueled by Ramen. They were one of Fueled by Ramen's first got uh, first bands, and of course, Fueled by Ramen gave us Fall Out Boy and Paramore and Panic at the Disco and um, and all those bands. and all of those bands say the stereo was a huge influence on them. So if you listen to like those first two and then you listen to like from under the cork tree from fallout boy, you start noticing, okay, that high gain mid range, you know, punkier kind of distortion sound and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where this record is similar in terms of what the songs are and, and the, the you know, the, what the sound of the band is, but production wise, Jamie really took it up a notch and really changed the sound of the band to a very, um, almost, I would say power pop, but just very, um, very produced, you know, sound. It wasn't as um, raw, I guess, would be the right term to say. It's not as, uh, um, I think raw would be the best word. It's not as, it, it sounds like they went into, to me, it sounds like, a band that gets has a hit and then gets a bunch of money from the record label to do a better record. (laughs) And, and amazingly, they didn't do that. They actually did it themselves, but it just, I think production wise, it's just way above in terms of quality than, than the other two records in my, in my opinion.
0: That's really interesting context for our listeners. And what what's also interesting is that Jamie, if I you know, please correct me if I'm wrong here. He comes from more of a ska background, right? So this cho- this choice of moving towards power pop is uh, that's a really interesting departure.
1: Yeah, he was in a band called actually another band that was fueled by Rahman, it was a band called Animal Chin, and it was kind of ska punk type of thing. And then when those guys broke up, they actually their first record, the stereo's first record was actually Jamie and a guy named Rory Phillips from the Impossibles. And their record label basically said, you guys should do a record together. And they called it stereo, mainly because they were just so different. And you can kind of hear it on that record. It's like Jamie's songs kind of have this arena rock pop sensibility. And then Rory's songs are much more punky and aggressive (laughs) that's super
0: cool Do, do they share do they share a home base or did they come from you know different parts of uh parts of the u.s
1: i don't know actually i i think they were in different places but i could be wrong i could be wrong about that i know that rory did the one record and then the impossibles got back together and then and then jamie basically took the stereo by himself
0: we're talking with Matt Barry of classified frequency and many other bands here on cover to cover with Matt Targa all about the stereo which has influenced a whole host of artists they uh, were on the label fueled by ramen um Matt this feels like a good time to uh, talk about any of your favorite tracks that you would like to discuss um where would you like to begin
1: I think probably the the first song well the first real song the first song is this kind of little thing called Dear Fans of the Stereo, which is like this little intro. But their first like main song that comes up is a song called Pay No Attention. And that song just like, that song hooked me in from the moment I heard it. (laughs) Yeah, I I hear that arena
0: rock that you were describing earlier, you know, like the foreigners and journeys of the world, but also with like a little bit of like Juliana Theory Mm -hmm. as, as well a really cool track
1: yeah and it's and it's also just like that was also a song too where you know getting into you know how you connect to an album how an album can a song or an album can change you is that that song was like can I first heard that song in college when I was having tons of girl issues <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's like that song was like oh my god he's speaking to me <laughs> you know? I I love
0: that lyric. Pay no attention to my broken heart. It doesn't matter. My world's fallen apart. Solve this equation. My humiliation. I've never seen the words equation and humiliation rhyme so just beautiful and sensibly at the same
1: time. It's a great, I just think that's a great lyric that stood out for me. Are there
0: any, are there any lyrics that stand out for you on this track?
1: um, I mean, that's, that's it. The chorus is, is, is amazing. And it's just one of those, it's just one of those whole songs where it was just like, you know, when you're going through, you know, breakups or any of that stuff, it's just like, yes, (laughs) that's exactly what I needed to say, you know?
0: Absolutely. Hey, I got a question. If we can just flip back to dear fans of the stereo for just a second, I've got a production question uh, that was, I just really piqued my curiosity here. Were any of these vocals by chance recorded through a Leslie speaker to give it that kind of warbling effect?
1: I don't know. I assume I know at this point he was doing a lot of electronic stuff, mm-hmm. so it may have been like a um, an effect, like an in the box sort of thing. Um, but I'm I'm not entirely sure.
0: I was just I was just wondering about that. Um, so we have "Pay No Attention" is the 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 first full song is track two. What other songs? Uh, stand out for you on this record
1: I think the the song right after pay no attention don't say uncle is is so great because it's it's so different than the song that just preceded it (laughs) it's like this Billy Joel you know Elton John sort of thing
0: (laughs) yeah that really sort of like peppy piano yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and that one yeah I mean I I loved that was one thing that I remember when I first got into them and I started seeing, you know, people talking about them, critics and stuff like that. They would always kind of joke about that. It was like, you've got these big arena songs. Then all of a sudden it was like these piano songs. Like, where the hell is this coming from? (laughs) Really
0: different, you know, um, different sound, I suppose, in 2002. There were some other, you know, kind of piano based rock outfits, but yeah, certainly not in the, the world of pop punk, right? Right, right. Okay. So after Don't Say Uncle, um, there's another, there's a track here that's got these really nice warm and searing guitars. And that's the one that follows directly after it called You Better Believe It. Um, Does this one speak to you in any particular way?
1: Um, It's it's not one of my favorites, but it's, it's, uh, it's just another great, you know, big rock and roll song from Jamie, you know, (laughs) you know, it's, it's like, I remember, uh, Jamie actually did a, 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 uh, he had another band after the stereo called let go. And I remember when that record came out, there was a little sticker on top with a couple quotes. And one of the quotes was from Patrick stump from fallout boy. And he basically said, Jamie Wolford has never written a bad song. And I, f- I felt very, you know, confident that yes, he's absolutely correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <High> praise. <laughs> Yeah, after um, after you better believe it. There's a track here called "Too Little, Comma Too Late," and mentioned you know kind of closer to the top some hints of of jazz influence, particularly particularly in the percussion section. Mm-hmm. Uh, really nice kind of Rhodes organ intro. So you, you we're sticking with that you know kind of like piano yeah. intro intro build, and this one's like this one from a production point of view is you know super cool. I I love like the just the nice like compression and the doubled vocals on this one. I yeah, and
1: know. it's very um what's what's amazing to me is I I was in I was in school studying jazz. So anytime uh, like a pop rock guy was using brushes on drums, I was like, oh sweet. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um what's interesting though is that the more you listen to it though, it's like, yeah, there's these very jazz influence there but then there's it's very electronic right so right yeah it's very and it's electronic in a way that was you know it was I, I think where people were going at that time um you know it was quite experimental for him and and i had never heard anything quite like it before you know i <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? <laughs> but it's a yeah. it's a really yeah. fantastic, fantastic piece. I wonder
0: if a band like Radiohead and and hold on for a second. I know that a band like Radiohead and the Stereo are very different, but the use of programming and electronics, you know, specifically Kid A had a a, a very huge influence on a variety of different rock bands i wonder you know the kid a was excuse me kid a was released in 2000 i wonder if that trickle down you know affected the stereo
1: definitely i i I wouldn't put it past it because i i think of it as when i think about that time i mean even when you think about the boy bands from like the late 90s you know you remember all those kind of everything got a little bit more electronic you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And even, um, I, I I'm thinking even 2001's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot from Wilco, uh, you know, I'm trying to break your heart, that kind of stuff. Right. So, and
1: I remember, I remember going to see, um, I think it was around the same time. It was definitely early, late nineties, early two thousands, but Eric Clapton had a record called Pilgrim, which was like that was all electronic too you know even though it was a blues musician it was just you know it was kind of the sign of the times I guess everybody was just experimenting with it (laughs) for sure
0: we are talking with Matt Berry of Classified Frequency here on Cover to Cover with Matt Targa about the stereo and their album Record and Rewind what's next Matt
1: Um, tell your football dad. No,
0: (laughs) kind of a letter to a former self. If I recall the lyrics
1: correctly, it's, it's a great, um, I feel like it's a good kind of teenage angst song, you know, about not fitting in school and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. It starts off real casually. Hey there, 15, please stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's yeah. More on this. Yeah. I'd like to bring up the song a little bit, you know, later, but, uh but yeah, we, we all in some way, shape or form can relate to this, you know, exactly. my mind immediately went to the breakfast club for some reason.
1: Right. <laughs> totally.
0: You know, Emilio Estevez's character and, and the kinds of pressure that, you know, that he was dealing with only it wasn't football in his case. I think he, uh, he was a wrestler and he was trying to constantly be the best. So that, kind of feeling in high school it's uh it doesn't matter what
1: decade <laughs> right it's exactly it,
0: it's always uh it's always there and um,
1: and i love the and that song was you know the lyrics are great too but it, it's it's the the whole song is just so heavy and big and i swear to god like that the be, that little drum fill right at the beginning i've probably put that on so many songs <laughs> 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 yeah. <It's> so good
0: <laughs> yeah yeah After tell, uh, excuse me, after tell your football dad no, we have a track called 1994, really pushes and pulls, kind of careens back and forth in a way that, you know, the lyrics, you know, are kind of positioned on the page, talking about 1994 versus 1998. Yeah. And the differences that the protagonist is feeling. Um, Let's add some context here. It's 2002 when this record comes out. 1994, they mentioned 1994, 1998, it's kind of the dawn of the internet, right? America online is relatively new for some people. 1998, there's a, you know, the internet's a little bit more accessible, people are communicating differently, particularly teenagers. And um, those, you know, the world of Zach Morris cell phones has kind of expanded just a little bit to having car phones more accessible or even, you know, Heavier cell phones. Um, so w- with those kinds of ideas in, in mind, um, does this song in any way sp- uh, speak to you? Um,
1: I think to me, it, it, it more speaks to... I think it's, it's similar to the um, Football Dad, just because it's, I think it just comes from that you're looking back at how you were and what you, what you thought was cool. You know, when you were like in high school or school or whatever, it's like, um, you know, like he says, you know, I'll wear my army coat because that's all I know. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's got that one jacket, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost, there's almost this implication of less distractions yeah, and, and more kind of involved in the moment, whether it's a relationship or something else.
1: Right. I agree. It's, it's, a, uh, you know, I, I, I never thought about it quite like that, but it's, it's, you're right. It's, it's very, you know, Hey, remember when, I mean, obviously it was different back then, but Hey, remember when we went to shows and didn't try to film it all on our cell phones, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. Exactly. God, I, I, I've full disclosure. I, I really miss, you know, <laughs> not having to negotiate, walking around people trying to film shows
1: yeah it's 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 funny i remember um i went to see not to get off track but i went to see you know the 1975 you know those guys uh yeah yeah they i i got to see them at like echo stage and it was like their first like really big tour when the when they were they were now the place was sold out it was massive and it was that first record and i just remember like I may have been one of the oldest people there <laughs> and I was, I'm in my thirties. It was like, man, things have really changed. But I remember, I remember the lead singer really trying to get people to put down their fucking phones.
0: <laughs> it was so, it's, it still feels impossible. Yeah. I mean, do you think some artists that just, that prefer to play some of those like more intimate club like settings just have said, Oh, screw it. People are going to film it anyway. And, plop it right. on youtube and-
1: yeah i i think there's a sense yeah. You know, for me it's it's more kind of like yeah i guess if, if you know you're not going to do anything right you know there it's not going to change anything um but yeah it's it's frustrating though sometimes when you're like i remember during that concert they played a, um they played this ballad where he plays piano and You could barely hear them actually playing because everybody was just talking and being on their cell phones. And I was like, what's the point of being at the concert if you're not going to pay attention to what they're doing? (laughs) Right.
0: You paid good money for this ticket. Why are you treating this like it's social hour?
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Sign of the times. We're speaking with musician Matt Barry of Classified Frequency and a whole host of other projects here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tucker. We're talking about a very pivotal band called The Stereo, and we're talking about their 2002 record. And um, we've been, you know, speaking extensively about the world of 1994 versus 1998. Um, What say you about the next track? It's called "Stop Breathing."
1: Stop breathing. That yeah. was another uh, fun little piano jaunt. <laughs> that it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a fun little, uh, cute like Billy Joel style <laughs> type of thing. Mm-hmm. Pop, mm-hmm. pop tune. It was the. The song that could maybe get them on like a different radio station or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Kind of a palate cleanser from 1994. In some <laughs> <way>. <laughs> after, uh, after stop breathing, we have a song in the form of a question. And that is, have I paid my debt to Minneapolis? Have I turned my back on Minneapolis? Okay. All right. Maybe I should move to Los Angeles. Now he's, you know, Contemplating a pretty drastic move. Um, yeah,
1: what's amazing about that song, and I don't know um, the full like you know story behind it. But so what ended up happening was Jamie was from Minneapolis, and so he was part of that scene with uh, Motion City Soundtrack and all those guys. You know, they all came from Minneapolis. And what was funny was I forget what ended up happening, but he ended up moving. To Tempe, Arizona, and that's I think where he is now. I think he's around Phoenix or somewhere now. But Tempe, Arizona, like at that time in the 2000s, became massive because of Jimmy World yeah. and uh, the Gin Blossoms were there, and um, he was. And Jamie ended up producing so many of those bands. He produced a, a band that's another one of my favorite records ever that never went anywhere. Was a band called Ticker Tape Parade. And he, and I have a couple friends actually from Tempe, Arizona, and they would always say that, yeah, Jamie basically produced every band down there, <laughs> you know, at the
0: time. So cool. Yeah.
1: But, um, apparently he, he decided he liked this area. He liked these musicians or whatever. I don't know. He decided to move and go to Tempe, Arizona. And apparently a bunch of people back home gave him shit for it. And so he wrote this song.
0: <laughs> Maybe he got tired of shoveling snow.
1: Right. I was like, I just don't want to be cold anymore.
0: <laughs> I only bring that up because we're speaking, that, uh, you know, in early February and there's, you know, a quasi blizzard happening outside, at least in my neck of the woods.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we got a good we got a good couple inches here. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still coming down. Um, yeah. So after uh, Have I Paid My Debt to Minneapolis, we have a track called just let go and my first thought for some reason was you know i i heard a little bit of a like a Delamitri influence on this one
1: yeah definitely i can hear that too that very power pop yeah <laughs> type yeah, of thing. yeah it's, it's a you know he just he just writes you know as as kind of all over the place the record is it it does all feel together to to me it it all kind of it's a cohesive uh it's a cohesive thing, in in my opinion, even though it does jump around a lot. It's like you got the big arena rock thing and then you got the piano thing. You got the experimental, you know, thing, and then you go back to the arena rock, and then you go back to the piano thing. <laughs>
0: right. Let let's move on from just let go. And you you know, we just talked about um Have I paid my debt to Minneapolis and I'm I'm really glad you told that story about, you know, moving from Minneapolis and then, you know, thinking about Los Angeles and then eventually settling in Tempe because the next track here called Vice Versa Inquisition, hyphen, no name number two, reminded me of a, a whole heck of a lot of the way Jimmy Eat World's, you know, songs were building and building and building. Right. You know? Circumplete American and, and clarity and all that good stuff. Really just awesome pulsating bass. Are there any lyrics that speak to you? Because it just seems to be one continuum. It's it's unique in the sense that there is no chorus. It's, right. it, it's it it is it almost feels like you're you're listening to somebody like type out a letter.
1: Yeah, it almost sounds like a kind of a just a free thought. Yeah. Like I feel like when I first heard that song, it, it seemed like he was he was going after like critics or, or anybody who, um, or just maybe philosophies behind the music industry. You know, it's like, I'm going like, there's certain lines like, um, I'm not trying to reinvent what you call music or, or, um, you know, I'm going to write my songs and, and if I'm lucky, maybe you'll like them too. You know, it's like, I'm going to do this for me fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I right. I don't yeah. need the record deal. I don't need the manager. I don't need this. You know, I'm just going to write my damn songs.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if we wind up on the same wavelength, liking the same, you know, this music, cool, but right. I'm going to keep, I'm not going to compromise what I believe in.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I feel like that song is, and then of course the, what I love about that is he says that in this kind of, you know, electronic sort of thing and then it just goes into this like hip hop vamp. And and I just I feel like the first time I heard that, I was just like he basically I feel like somebody told him that you need to write a record like this. And he and this was his answer to that. And then that little hip hop little vamp at the end is like, fuck you, I'm going to I'm going to do this because I know you're going to hate it. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Put that in a pop record. Watch me. (laughs) Watch me. Wait a minute,
0: I just did. (laughs) Right. (laughs) After Vice versa Acquisition, No Name Number Two, we have a track called Turn Off Your TV.
1: Another great another great song of just like I feel like this whole record is like the first two records they did were a lot of relationships a lot of um, those types of things that we all write about when we're younger. And I feel like this is a, a, a full record where there is still some of that with Pay No Attention and, um, you know, even um, um, Just Let Go is kind of like that, you know, high high energy, you know, relationship song. But it's like, I feel like so many of these songs are, him just kind of his 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 he's coming into his own as how he's thinking, his philosophies on life, his philosophies on I've been doing this music thing for all these years, and that he's starting to kind of notice things that he doesn't really want to be a part of, you know mm-hmm. and I feel like this this is another song where it's like you know he's kind of okay. Stop letting things um, turn off the TV, you know, uh, get outside of all this other shit and start living your life and yeah. coming up with your own ideas, you know.
0: <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, this he brings up, you know, a Hollywood blockbuster scene, like a football team. You know, there's sort of a call out to, you know, it might be kind of like a veiled call out, but some, some horror movies as well.
1: Right. Like
0: like Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, Tried to understand what the correlation is behind bringing those up in a world that he just does not want to be involved with in any way.
1: Right. It's almost sort of kind of like, I don't know, I feel like there's, especially for me, I definitely have some, you know, quite mean philosophies on the industry, as some people <laughs> probably tell you. But, <laughs> but it's like, I feel like there's a a I feel like there's always this idea that being famous and being a celebrity and being hit having hit records and all that stuff is like oh that's the top right that's what you're supposed to want it's you know life is going to be amazing and then and then there's still you know you you some you sometimes pull back the curtain and you see that it may it may be a nightmare to some people you know what i mean
0: <laughs> yeah so after turn off your tv we have a track this is um i believe the closing track here and that's called two week notice some Mm -hmm. really nice rich acoustic guitar and there seems to be oh i think some sort of a callback to that football dad you know telling that football dad no kind of about halfway through i kind of interpreted this as you know there has all of a sudden been this you know this this new ability to say no when you need to say no
1: I agree that that's a, a great way to put it. It's like, not only is he um, kind of coming into his own as how he sees life, how he, how he sees his art, how he sees the industry, but also, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah.
1: I'm, and I'm fine with that. You know, as I, I, yeah, I, I love that.
0: I'm not taking, you know, that sort of manipulation anymore or.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I there's also, you know, I mean, it, it's to me, it's, it's, uh, it has that breakup song mentality, obviously too, with, you know, someone, someone is with you that someone's not me, um, you know, like cheating or whatever. And I, I love the fact though, that it's, it's more of kind of like a, yeah, you did that. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand for it anymore. See ya, you know? <laughs> See ya. <laughs> you know?
0: And I'm gonna put on my headphones and just escape. Right. I don't need I don't need this I don't need this garbage, this BS anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. I know? love that.
0: Yeah. Same here. Um what was kind of interesting at the tail end of this track was there's a sound of a cordless phone.
1: That's that just, right.
0: yeah. It just <laughs> It just kind of completes, you know, the entire, you know, movement of the song. And it just, it just kind of made me think, well, I wonder who the other, who the person is on the other end of that line. <laughs> right. You I, know, if, is it that person that's tried to, you know, abuse or manipulate or misuse somebody?
1: Right. And, and, and I also just love the idea of that. If this is somebody who's trying to get back into his life or something like that, he's just letting it ring. Mm. <laughs> you know he's not he, he didn't pick it up, you know
0: <laughs> That's good. That's good because it does ring out and then it just the track just kind of gradually fades. That's really cool. All right, last but not least, I always like to ask a question about cover art and uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about this before we pressed record. and as you know, we live in this you know world where so much is easily accessible and music included. And But one thing that's kind of stood the test of time is, is cover art with any sort of new release. And um, Matt, I got to ask you, when you look at this front album cover, what kinds of images are conjured up in your mind? Do you think that this is also um, an accurate representation of what you should be anticipating when you press play?
1: Oh, that's, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think in certain ways it does because I, to me, the front cover is kind of, it's like a lot of those, um, like it reminds me of um, Oasis's Be Here Now, where they're like in front of a pool and a mansion and it's just a bunch of random shit. <laughs> yes. Like, that's kind of what I see. I see this kind of like, randomness, you know, he's uh the Jamie's in a in a wheelchair looking like he's in a psych ward. There's a a guy being fished out who looks dead in the pool, you know.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And with Jamie in the wheelchair, there's an upside down license plate of Arizona. Right. So I, I I'm imagining that, you know, a, a, an accident of some sort happened in Tempe or something. Yeah. Who knows?
1: And and it but there's also a side too where it like I think especially at this time I remember bands like The Marvelous 3 who I love and their cover art or just pictures were always of these kind of like just over the top rock and roll lifestyle yeah you know and it kind of it almost kind of conjures that for me is this kind of like random You know, let's let's just do something crazy. You know, it's rock and roll. (laughs) In some ways,
0: it might. It kind of seems like it's mocking the rock and roll lifestyle, too. Exactly,
1: and it goes with a lot of those songs as we talked about. That you know, kind of saying, "I'm not going to do that for that anymore." You know,
0: (laughs) right? Right. I'm I'm looking at this guy in the background. He's on some sort of a cellular phone, and he seems to be completely oblivious to the fact that there's somebody that's drowning in the pool right he's the you uh, know?
1: the a yeah. guy right yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that's good <laughs> well matt i've had such a good time talking to you today thank you so very much for coming on the program and uh talking about the stereo this has been really fun
1: thank you so much i hope i hope people um i hope people check it out it's it's definitely i know we talked a little bit about and not a lot of people know this band and and i think uh I think people would really enjoy it
0: all right my special thanks to matt barry of classified frequency for taking some time to stop by cover to cover today for all of you listeners out there thank you very much and please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts whether it's apple google stitcher amazon or wherever you like to dial into your favorite podcasts Take a moment to tell some of your friends or some of your family about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. That'll certainly help us appear higher in those search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at cover to cover coverconversationscom Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.